Welcome to a new episode of Rugby Swag. This is the show where we talk about the things needed to create the rugby ecosystem while also talking to the people who have found, created, or taken advantage of the opportunities via rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time at Bailu, and let's get this started. I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team, and I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you or a pro to be a pro, right? And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up, it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played like professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And there's two Scottish guys and they said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. You looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. I am so happy to be here for another week to be able to talk with you. And we got some great news and information coming through. But first and foremost, I need you guys to absolutely, absolutely share this with your friends. This is the information they need to know so that they can be able to grow in the culture of rugby, be part of our community, and of course, just be able to let us build and develop and have the discussions needed to be better overall. Of course, you guys also can please subscribe or follow our podcast or the YouTube channel at Gift Time Rugby on YouTube. Please follow us on any streaming service that's Apple, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon Music, iHeartMedia, wherever you're listening to it absolutely follow we want to make sure that we are reaching out to the greatest amount of people and to make sure that the news and the information that's happening in rugby is actually being just elevated like elevate let's grow this community we got a lot of work to do let's go baby let's go and of course you guys follow us on social media uh on instagram at rugby swag show on uh twitter facebook and uh, TikTok at Gift Time Rugby. Please, please, please comment through. First story of the day, Netflix. Netflix is saying, hey, we want to get into the rugby game again more originally, I guess to say the least. As they announced, they are going to be doing a series following each of these teams for the Six Nations. If you don't know what the Six Nations is, Six Nations is the six-country competition in Europe that involves England, France, Scotland, Ireland, Italy, and Wales. And that's going to be starting for 2023, expected to release in 2024. For me... I think this is dope. I mean, it's 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 great to see original content. Obviously, this is all coming off the back of F1 uh, Drive to Survive series. Uh, basically, the production company that did that is now kind of creating a slew of these documentaries. Including it in that is Tennis, which already released with Breakpoint. Uh, they're doing one, obviously, for rugby. Uh, they're doing one for cricket. So they're really just trying to see how many of these they can take advantage of. Um, it, it for, for what it's worth, it's not like it's a first time, first thing. I think the best one that had been done in terms of behind the scenes of rugby for a full season or tournament was All or Nothing, uh, the New Zealand All Blacks that was on Amazon Prime that was done back in 2018. Great one. I wish they had done a second season. I don't know why it suddenly stopped. Because it's not like it was, maybe it was COVID, could have been COVID, but I'd have loved to have been able to see each one, but maybe it just didn't get the numbers at the time. So it's really important that those numbers come in. Uh, but there's also other documentary series that are out there that work. And this isn't going to be the first rugby content that's been on the Netflix platform. I think this is just the first one that's going to be original content by Netflix itself. So it still serves to be good. It's still something to be excited about. I know for me, I you know we we're reviewing movies and documentaries here, so uh, it's good to be able to have another one to be able to follow and get the full names. I made a hot top take on my Twitter at uh, Gift Time Rugby that I didn't know, think that Six Nations was probably the best or competition to start with. Honestly, I, I would have probably done another one in the south uh, southern hemisphere, but 
you know, I, I Six Nations should be good. I, I expect a lot from the French side to be really interesting when it comes to its characters. I expect a lot from Ireland when it comes to its characters. I think the UK has a couple people. I, I know they're going to probably focus a lot on Maro Toji. Uh, uh, like, he's, he's going to be a central figure. I don't actually find him that interesting of a person. I think he... Um, tends to 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 maintain posture for the camera and honestly when you go behind the scenes like this you don't want people maintaining posture this is like uh the usa's uh harder uh hbo's uh hard knocks like you want some you want some grittiness all right i want to see some people cussing i want to see people complaining that they think players are not a good uh uh a good role model for their kids because of how much we get to see behind the scenes, because that's when it gets real. That's absolutely when it gets real. And that's when I prefer to be able to see the elevation of how everything goes. But for me, Hey, that's just me. But for the rest, I think this is going to be good. I hope that this gets played on more than just Netflix UK, but you know, if it is hey, VPNs exist for a reason, right? <laughs> But this is this is good for this is good for the community, good for the brand. Um, I'm gonna probably assume that uh, the I mean clearly World Cup, uh, World Cup, World Rugby is involved because they are the, uh, the 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 owners for the Six Nations. So we'll see how much they actually give to us. Uh, but they their process of continuing to try and be a media machine is is very apparent, and uh, you know we'll see how this continues to go. We'll see how this continues to go. The HBCU Rugby Classic is right around the corner. March 31st to April 2nd at Howard University in beautiful Washington, D.C. We're bringing the best HBCUs, best high school teams out playing some of the best rugby. And, of course, it is a cultural event, so we're going to make sure to give you guys the best entertainment from step shows to music to some of the best bands that we have in the area. So, guys, I think you need to go ahead and get your tickets. Just run over to hbcurugbyclassic.com. Tickets available now starting at $25 for the weekend, $10 per day. And you guys can get a cacophony of great time and memories going through it. Uh, it. Definitely check us out. Stay tuned and, of course, jump onto our mailing list, hbcrugbyclassic.com slash newsletter, and get into the community so you can learn about the players, you can learn about what's going on on the day-to-day -day and what we have updating, any discounts, any prizes that are coming up, and, of course, announcements and updates. It's going to be the best. I can't say anything more about this. Morehouse, Prairie View, A&M, Howard University. Let's get it, baby. Let's go. In other news, uh, the U.S. rugby community lost an icon in the community this week. Ed Haggerty, longtime rugby journalist, editor-in-chief of the former uh, production, the Rugby Mag, a.k.a. Rugby Mag, passed away this, uh, this week. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's a big one. I know for me, I never got a chance to to meet Ed directly. Um, he's a guy who basically was the sole <laughs> sole uh, newsmaker for American rugby for the longest time, for almost three decades. Uh, his his branches, you know, they always talk about coaching branches. He did create journalistic branches uh, from guy who created guys like Pat Clifton. Uh, Alex Goff, uh, Jackie Finlan, who does the breakdown for women's rugby. He was the one that helped teach and, and, and produce and mold them into becoming rugby journalists. And in an era where it wasn't digital, this man was out here sending out actual magazines and, and producing them. And I can't imagine that was uh, a cheap feat, even in partnership. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's always tough especially whenever you know these rugby media people who have laid the groundwork for so many of us to be able to do what we do that uh, it, it, it is a major hit to, to lose the legends, especially losing at a younger age, to say the least. And I consider anybody under the age of, of 80 in that range. But, you know, I just wanted to send a little bit of... Uh, 
uh, commemoration, uh, Ed Haggerty and Old Blue New York uh, and, and the rest of the rugby community up in, in the Northeast area. You know, just uh, condolences and prayers to the family and uh, hope that they can everybody can find peace in the nostalgia and good memories that he had. Um, again, the rugby U.S. rugby community was better for him, um, and we, we will hopefully be able to continue to uh, honor his name as we develop and grow and, and just do what we do with this game. Hey everybody, this is just the Bray Train sitting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, center! Yeah! Rugby is, is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries! We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet, at that critical moment, Friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Now on to some rugby world news. Uh, this one was a big story that I feel was great that is happening. And uh, we needed it to get done in the realest way because la-di-da, it will end any of the foolish rumors that were had. But this week we found out Eddie Jones got a job. Oh, Eddie Jones. Now, if you don't know who Eddie Jones is, Eddie Jones is a legendary rugby coach, best known for his work with Japan and, and getting them to third place uh, in the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Really, it was a lot of upsets and helping to be able to set that program even with the sevens. But more recently, he is known as the, the begrudgingly former coach of England rugby, a uh, guy who is definitely one to tell his opinion uh, and uh, didn't always, uh, always sit right with the old guard, to say the least. But he's definitely one of the most successful England coaches in, uh, England, in, the, last, in the recent years of England rugby. Uh, and they were tired of him. But it looks like he's returning back home and has... Over the job as head coach for Australia Rugby. The Wallabies. The Wallabies are taking it in. Uh, unfortunately, it came at the cost of now former Wallabies coach uh, Dave Rennie, who has not had a very easy coaching uh, era these last five years. I can honestly say that probably Australian Rugby has hit some of the hardest times from Obviously, a lot of this is rugby union based, uh, but it's it's they've hit strong recession in participation in rugby union. Uh, the national team had not performed that well. Uh, uh, they've had their moments during like the rugby championships, but at the world world rugby world cup during the sevens, even though he's not part of sevens, they have struggled. Absolutely struggled. And so it's going to be interesting to see where this one goes. Now, why I said this is a big deal, because in terms of where the USA rugby was going, there was a lot of rumors going out that Eddie Jones was a possibility to be the next head coach 
for USA Rugby. Now, we talked about last week that Scott Lawrence and and Rich Ashfield were going are taking over as interim head coaches for the men's and women's team, respectively. But with that being said, it's still something that does not have the sound of permanence. It's, it's not permanence yet. But now that Eddie Jones definitely has a lockdown, classic international rugby job, which I can understand would be, this is a place that he'd already been before. He'd already had success. It was already part of his history. Uh, it was, it's, it's makes sense for him to be there because the U.S. rugby job is not one that is going to be greatly sought after. And the issues that come with it, we've talked about ad nauseum, might be more than what a, an opinionated head coach like him would be, uh, would want to deal with. And to be honest with you, a lot of what you get would be almost trying to recreating what a CEO would be doing. So it'd be Ross Young and Eddie Jones as A and B. And Eddie Jones is an old 63, 66 years old. He's an old 66. So uh, outside of what you'd expect for him to perform, uh, how to perform on the field, I, I don't see him as being one to help with teaching new coaches how to perform because uh, even – as he made a claim about how the private schools in England are the ones that are keeping rugby down because only the best ones are coming out of there, uh, I think he would find similar issues here in the U.S., but with way, way less support behind it. So uh, it, it really wasn't going to end up being a good fit, and it was something that, as it was floating around, especially hearing world rugby possibly impacting the decisions that USA Rugby does, and, and trying to use him as a leeway into the Rugby World Cup for 2031, I, I I don't think it would have gone very well. It would have been a colossal loss of money, and ah, we got we got we we got some cultural issues that would have worked. And a lot of people will go what he with what he did in Japan, and what he did in Japan was remarkable. But I think a lot of people don't understand that within Japan itself. Um, well, and I'm saying a lot of people, and I'm talking about mostly people who would have supported the idea of Eddie Jones being a coach for USA Rugby. In Japan, Japan's structure for rugby was actually pretty well foundationed. Most of it was company-created, company-supported clubs, uh, basically becoming professional teams, and then from them using that to filter into the um the 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 red roses no red roses is england well into japan's national team and being able to use them to create at least a foundation for J japanese rugby to build off of uh and and honestly it's great for japan but the infrastructure and culture and size that japan has even if it has a good really strong population just differed so much from the U.S. So I don't think the same magic would have happened with Eddie. So I'm happy that he is over in Australia with his people, and that is a fix-up job that he can do because he is a fix-up job guy. As he said in an interview, hey, I stayed too long at England. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I stayed too long in England. I need to do the job for four to five years. I don't know why am I talking like this. Four to five years and then move on. And I think that Australia is more of that than it would have been for the U.S. So great deal for him on that. Before I let you guys get back to it, I want you guys to go check out RugbyOutletMall.com. Yo, this is the place where we are bringing in casual rugby wear. We're trying to set up the designs, make sure that we are giving you something to represent rugby. That's not just a jersey, and that's not just your kit. It is something that you and your friends and your mama and your kids and your parents and your best friend and your wife and your husband and your boyfriend and girlfriend and your they and just make sure that everybody is able to rock some rugby gear without having to necessarily be stuck to any one type of rugby gear. We want it for your day-to-day, -day, everyday life. I know that's redundant, but that's how beautiful we want it to be. You know, definitely check out our most recent update, our rugby swag show shirts uh they're available now for purchase you guys can get it and for any first time buyers I'm talking to you yo i'm giving you guys 
20% off the first purchase. Take as many as you want, 20% off the first purchase. And of course, if you guys get on the newsletter, you guys are going to see more coupons and discounts that come along with that as well too. But 20% off, and all you guys need to use is coupon code GROWRUGBY. That is G-R-E-A-U-X RUGBY. Great quality gear, definitely something for your presence, something to be able to give. Obviously, we just got past the year, so that means birthdays are coming out. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and you have so much more. Go hook your family, hook your people up with what's right. Hook your people up with what's right. Go to rugbyoutletmall.com and enjoy out. And, of course, it helps support the show and our media endeavors. Let's get you back. All right, welcome, welcome back. We got another bit of rugby world news happening. And this one is kind of in response to a story that we talked about last week, which was about the owner and founder of Mercado Livre bringing a team to Miami. And that team's name was going to be, is set, is set to be the Miami Sharks. All right, just remember that. And, of course, you know, where most people praise, of course, on the Internet, there's going to be the haters to match with the praisers. And this one come from, ironically, an unlikely source that I wouldn't have expected to have happen. But <laughs> Marco Mazzotti, Marco Mazzotti, another Marco of all places, Marco Mazzotti uh, is the owner of the professional South African rugby team, the South African Sharks. And he heard about the news about Miami coming. uh, And he heard about the news about the Miami franchise about to happen. And the name that they had for the mascot name and was less than pleased to say the least. Marco was sent out a tweet talking about, are you absolutely kidding me? Change it. You can try, but there's only one Sharks rugby on this planet. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I love this kind of petty. Like, this is, this is what we need more in rugby. Like, just, just an owner who's passionate, who's just like, I'm going to hype up for my team. Let's get rivalry. Of course, he has no ownership on the name Sharks, especially in the U.S. What, what you're going to come over and put copyright on the name Sharks? You know how many sharks there are? How many teams that have sharks on it? I don't even know professionally, but there's just a lot of teams that have sharks. It's okay if it's a third rugby team that has sharks. You got Miami Sharks, you got the Saleh Sharks, and now you got the South African Sharks. Like, hey, this is what it is. And I'm glad that he's a guy who even trolled. He's like, he trolled the Saleh Sharks. How many shark species are there in Shali? Does not make sense. There's only one true shark rugby team. If Sally Sharks really want a large fish, how about Sally Tuna? I came up with a new logo. Like, that, I love that. I love that. Bring the petty. That's how you bring the competitiveness. Now, I honestly, I want to watch the South African Sharks now. And I know they play in the URC, so it's even easier to be able to do that. I know they just lost Sia Kiyosi. Sia Kilosi. Like, that is... That is great. That is great marketing. All right. It's not even intentional. It's just trolling. This is this is what you get whenever you get charismatic owners. When you get charismatic owners, it makes for charismatic teams and it makes you want to go and talk a lot more about them. Like, I I I want this. I want this. So that being said, I mean, he definitely deserves all the smoke that he can get for it. Like, you 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 gotta get that smoke back at him. I hope you guys already tweet him out. But Either or, like that's that's what you want. This is when we talk about being able to make a name for yourself and be able to be on the the up and up. Like it's it's ooh ooh. I can't wait. Now I kind of want to see like a what do they call like a horde of sharks? Is it like like a scare of sharks? What are a group of sharks called? Hold on, let me look this up real quick. A sh- a name for a group of sharks is a shiver. I want the Shiver Cup to happen. Miami Sharks versus the Saleh Sharks versus the South African Sharks. Let's make that happen. Shiver. You know what? You know what? I, I, I will run this one. The Shiver. The Shiver Classic. The Shiver, Shiver Cup. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
That's going to be about Anybody else who wants to be named Sharks can join in. Join into the shiver, baby. <laughs> Yo, I love rugby. I love rugby. This is what it's about. Yo, I want to talk to you about the company Green Geeks, one of our sponsors for this show. And uh, let me tell you, uh, I am a huge fan of Green Geeks. I built all my website platforms off of Green Geeks. And what is Green Geeks? It's one of the best hosting servers in the world, easily. It's eco-friendly, it's cost-effective, it is consistent, and it just gives you access to everything. A lot of people go to things like Squarespace or Wix to be able to do their hosting, utilize maybe even GoDaddy hosting, but all of them are always limited. I've looked at the pricing of them and I don't feel like they give you the same flexibility that Green Geeks has actually personally given to me. With Green Geeks, it uses the platform WordPress, which is a standard website development platform. And in this era where we need to absolutely not be reliant solely on social media to be able to hold our information, we know the algorithms change all the time. But it also is important that we have a destination that is our own home to go to. But even with Green Geeks, they not only help you with being able to build up the website, give you a process to get with the website. You can make as many emails as you want. You can become far more search engine optimized. Um, and you are able to create things from econ stores to just information to whatever you need to under the WordPress. And you get it almost as a WordPress premium and not just a basic WordPress plan. So you have access to thousands of templates and thousands of plugins to be able to make sure that you have the best website to be able to promote for what you need to do. And the best way that you can get for your first time, first year at $2.95 per month to have all of that. All you need to do is go to our link greengeeks.com slash track slash gift time and you will get basically 80% off your first year of hosting on the website on the server if you have not been able to create a website or the consistency or be able to develop maybe even work as other businesses whether it's an agency whether it's for uh, indust other industries just utilize Green Geeks. They'll help you. And their customer service is bar none. They've helped me so many times in issues that I've had with the website. Things that didn't go through, they helped walk me through it perfectly. And I, I have nothing to complain. Definitely check out greengeeks.com slash track slash gift time. Or hit the link in the description and start your first steps or your second steps into getting control on your own website and your own information and not being a slave to the tech companies like Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and all that. Own your home. Get it today. So I saw on Twitter the other day from Sarah Harini, uh, who is a major player for New Zealand Black Fern. And she announced that New Zealand Sevens will no longer happen. I was, and I was a little thrown off by it. Like, how would New Zealand 7s, like, who's stopping the 7s? But apparently for the HSBC stop, New Zealand is no longer going to be on the schedule. And I, I, I thank God for uh, organizations like Scrum's, uh, Scrum Queen's uh, Women's Rugby, the, the, the publication, because I was just like, why? How would you take New Zealand off? But from what it seems like, it looks like World World Rugby Sevens, uh, the HSBC Sevens tournament, just is trying to make some cost cutting measures, which is wise considering how much money is being spent out in rugby, and New Zealand is just too expensive to get done. And as sad as it is, because this is the equivalent of like, of like a jazz musician not going to New Orleans or uh, 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 hip-hop artists not knowing anything about New York or, um, you know, 
or a soccer fan liking England. It's just like it it it's 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 a catastrophe because <laughs> New Zealand New Zealand is like rugby mecca in, in some way shape or form. Like it 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 just is. But considering how far it is and I can imagine just the transport the the amount of money it takes to invest and the population being so low and even with uh, their their measures for protecting the country from COVID, I know they've loosened up a lot of laws, but it's got to be such a weight to be able to do it. And it's very unfortunate. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for the fans that are going to be missing out on that, and especially when it comes to the women's side. Like, that's one side that has done remarkably uh, over the last decade easily, last decade easily, of of just developing the game and bringing so much um, weight to the performances. So to lose the 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 New Zealand sevens is is devastating. Now they said that they still are going to be able to have World Rugby sanctioned games like uh, Oceania sevens and stuff, but it's not the same. It's not the HSBC um, tournament. It's not the doesn't have the gravitas. That that does, but that's a big loss. And and honestly, in, in this era, I, I can't also hate on it because rugby requires a lot of help in being able to be financially literate as well as uh, trying to work to be profitable. Um, and in that process, there are sacrifices that have to be made. It's just wild that it has to be one that's so big like that. And for me, you know, it's if USA Sevens didn't happen in LA, I don't think, I don't, I don't. This it would be a very big problem uh, with the development of Sevens uh, in the US and and rugby because some of those are just key consistencies that have to keep happening so that people stay aware. It's the the matches that keep you elevated up. Let's talk some rugby business, y'all. Let's talk some rugby business. You know, I, I always talk about being able to develop on the HBC Rugby Classic. This is always an endeavor every year that takes you down to the wire. Even right now, we are still picking up our steam. We have things on set up to go, but my goodness, when I tell you this is going to come down to the last day, it comes down to the last day. But the most important thing that I've learned from doing the classic and continuing to build uh, gift time media and gift time rugby is to make sure to know who I am with this or know who I'm trying to focus on, but really know who I am with this. One thing that we've always had a problem with in rugby is shouting it out. As I talked about in the story about um, South Africa Sharks owner, you need to have people, you need to have a voice. You need to be able to talk up for what's yours. So as an administration, if you're an organization, as a player, if you're an organization, you need to make sure that you are making your identity loud and clear to the public masses because nobody is assuming, especially in this day and age when we have so much content that we have to fight against, we cannot afford to be humble or silent. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be braggadocious. Like, there's a difference where it becomes not even the line between arrogant and confident. I, I always hate that concept. But it's the line between uh, uh, speaking past what you want your purpose to be and actually just talking up to make sure you're aware. I say this like we need to double down on the identity. Double down. If, if your organization double down. I've gotten to a point now where I try and make sure that I'm always rocking something rugby. I'm talking rugby. I am a rugby marketer. I'm a rugby promoter. I am an event coordinator. I really do this. I consult this. This is what we do and not be quiet about it. I think a long time the tradition has been in anything rugby, and I'm not even just talking about as the game, but even as administrators and and players. Like The old tradition has always been to stay Keep your head down because someone's going to try and chop it off. But I'm saying now, kill that. It, it doesn't work in 2023. It's not going to work again for 
many, many years, you need to talk loud. You need to talk about your stuff. Talk your ish uh, about who you are and what you do. If you are a rugby team and you know who you are, then you need to talk. Make sure you know who you are. That's how you talk your ish. You know, if you are in Iowa in the middle of uh, BF nowhere, you need to talk about how in the middle of nowhere you are, but dang, you guys have the room and the pride to be able to celebrate that and use that in your rugby and use that in how you articulate how you bring in your recruits and how you talk to your audience, your supporters, your financiers, everybody. But it's bringing that attitude and uh, you know exactly where you're coming from because it'll make life way easier. It can't just be, oh, we are a camaraderie team. We are, uh, uh, we uphold the rugby values. That's, that's not who you are. That's what you do. You need to talk about who you are. You like, I'll use the example for me, gift time, rugby, gift time, media, HBC, everything under the gift time media brand is always going to be, we are some funny, braggadocious, talk that ish, unapologetically cultured rugby people. All right. That's what we do, and I will always push that realm. I, If you don't like it, cool. At least I hope you don't like it for the reasons that I'm giving it to you as opposed to something that's made up out of nowhere. But when I identify this is what it's about, hey, we're going to travel. That's what we do. We're going, to, uh, uh, we're going to talk about that money, what we do. But that's part of our cultured uh, 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 talk that ish be up in your face about that rugby. Love working with the people, but hey, if you're not gonna, if you're not with us, you can step to the side because we're gonna break through one way or another. It's relieving, and it'll make life so much easier the way that you go about your rugby moving forward. So, want you guys to make sure you remember that, and of course, please go ahead. Check out GiftTimeMedia.com and uh, hit us up for a consultation if you have any questions or any needs for it. Of course, we're going to start putting out more some articles out so that you can have the information ready for you and that you can have those reminders because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And so for our last story of the day, I told you guys before. We're going to be doing more movie reviews, and it's going to be hitting regularly. And at the end of every podcast, I want to let you guys know about a movie that I watched. It's a rugby movie, of course, because that is what we promote. I already talked about Netflix doing theirs, but here's the other documentaries. And this week, I want to talk to you about No Woman, No Try. How can I help, and how can other male allies really help support the women's game? If you put your money where your mouth is, us as women... We'll show you we are worthy, as we always do. Mic drop. <laughs> this movie I actually found pretty interesting. I think it was a nice uh, look into women's rugby, a really honest look. No Woman, No Try is a 2021 movie made by Victoria Rush. And it talks a lot about the issues that are happening with women in rugby and the events surrounding some of the movements that occurred. It focuses directly on the UK, uh, namely within the professional uh, Premier 15s. Uh, there's some other local ones, but ironically, they don't really they don't really talk that much about the smaller leagues. They they bring some people in to at least recognize they exist, but it didn't really talk that much about it. Uh, the two main people that they focus on in this movie were Shauna Brown, who is the now retired Shauna Brown, legend for England rugby, uh, of course, played for the Harlequins for a long time, and a multi-sport beast of an athlete. And as well as Steph Evans, who plays for the Bristol Bears, I actually have had interactions with Steph Evans. She wrote an article for Gift Time Rugby before. So to see her in this light was kind of cool because uh, I always knew that she was she was pretty um, pretty solid as a leader and was very outspoken of a person. But to learn so much more about what she's out here doing and what she'd been creating was really dope to be able to see. And, and it, this almost starts off, it starts off with a little bit of a speech by 
uh, Shauna Brown kind of talking about why people need to pay attention to women's rugby, and it is absolutely one of the best, and it's a shame, and I agree. I know from my experience watching women's rugby, especially at sevens, it's been one of the best rugbies. It's literally one of the best rugby to watch. And in my opinion, one of the reasons is that is just because it has the best athletes available playing in it. It's one of the few contact, team contact sports that women can play that have actual notoriety. But even in that, after that, one of the things that actually surprised me that I learned from this was that this after 2017, whenever uh, the RFU said that they're going to be professionalizing the women's uh, high performance game, so the Premier 15s uh, creation and 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 the uh, international sides. I thought everybody who played in Premier 15s actually was a professional in terms of they got paid to play. But this movie put it out where it was like, no, it's only like 20-something of us that are getting paid professionally, Shauna Brown included in that. And that blew my mind because it, it, it continues to make the struggle of elevating the game, especially in a place where, one, the RFU is one of the, if not the richest rugby union in the world, Take that for what it is. Number two, it typically is the one that is driving the direction of where rugby goes in in uh, in terms of innovation, good or bad. So this one was was an interesting, unique look. Uh, the other thing that I took from this was uh, the impact of Steph Evans and uh, social media during 2020. And they looked a little bit into that where they talked about the uh, – I care movement, uh, her rugby counts movement, uh, as well as the uh, I am enough movement. All of them were uh, women, women's rugby focused, creating more awareness. And a lot of that came uh, after the Six Nations women's got canceled and they had to just focus on playing in their Allianz Premier 15s league, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, to know, because I'd seen them online, but you never really know anything about it. Uh, they This movie talked about uh, a few of the issues. They talked one big thing, obviously, uh, looking into the players. Uh, they provide a little bit of insight into each of the players, uh, Steph and Shauna, to give a little bit of a background on them. I wish there had been a little bit more. I understand they wanted to create the aspect of the problems that exist in women's rugby and obviously the source for uh, body insecurities that could happen that rugby helped alleviate for these women and, and the other women that were involved in this documentary. But I really wish we had gotten more personal, like even more vulnerable. And it, it's wild to say because they did talk about some you know, things that were in their childhood but I, I still kind of felt like they left something on the table, which would have put some additional weight into the significance that women's rugby plays and really how that speaks to the business element of, of how rugby goes. And this is what I mean. One example that they spoke on uh, was obviously how they talked a lot about the body, but they talked about the way that, the men's team would just pass down their jerseys to the women's professional side, which is wild to me. Like, from a professional stance, you want to make sure that you have unique, at least set merch for each of your sides. You don't want to just pass the jerseys from the men's and then going down to the women's because your fans that are for the women's side are going to be one like a slight variation to go like that's literally we're just talking about more money now it's more money also being spent but you're a professional side so you already have a level of revenue that needs to be coming in whether it's from ticket sales sponsorships whatever but i was shocked that you know you had that but what was even more shocking was the problem that came with shorts and i didn't know that and call me ignorant but i did not know that uh, there needed to be different shorts for women and men. Uh, obviously, in clothing, there's different cuts, and I, I, I get that. But ignorantly, I just I didn't think about it for rugby because it's like, oh, it's short shorts. Boom. Everybody's short shorts, yada, yada, yada. And then your issue might be if you have thick thighs or something like that. But that's everybody's problem. But no. 
there was a legitimate problem with getting women's shorts. And Steph Evans actually commented on that in the movie talking about she spoke to the men's side uh, for Bristol, the Bristol Bears, and uh, asked them about them ordering separate women's shorts. And basically, they were like, no, we, we don't do this because it costs more. Like, this is a cost-saving mechanism. And so she was like, yo, okay, so if that's the case, why don't you get women's shorts for the men? And, of course, they laugh because that would be out of the norm and, and, and different. And so the entrepreneurial set of Steph Evans, who this is apparently well-documented that, you know, her Canadian self is, is pretty forward-thinking, created a company called Ruggettes, which still exists to this day. And they make supply women's shorts for women rugby players, which has to be a massive Massive population of people. I mean, at least three quarters or at least half or maybe slightly less than half of all rugby players in the world are women's rugby players. So you're talking about a whole section of your playing population, once again, money, that are not getting adequate shorts and could use them specifically and you can build off of that. Like that... That kind of blows my mind. It's so obvious, but it's not. E even if it's a little bit more expensive, like, that's what marketing is for. And, again, I, I say this about professional outfits because they already should inherently have some level of a revenue source available to them. They're, they're charging people stuff. So even at that, like, you want to offset some of your costs by creating new revenue streams. That's, that's how you would want to get that done, especially if you could be an exclusive um, uh, at least a white label holder. Uh, another another character that I really loved in this uh, documentary was a woman by the name of Zanab uh, Alema, aka the Bulldozer, and she came in about thirty minutes into the documentary, and I loved her. One of the things that I loved the most about her was the fact that she is actively trying to be one of the first. Um, Islamic uh, women's rugby players for the England national team. And she's gotten great accreditation as a rugby player, as a prop. She was voted one of the best rugby players in 2019, 2020, 2019-2020. Uh, she has shown proficiency and uh, to this point is still working to get to that level, but she's shown proficiency on the field. But I also love the fact that she was unapologetically her. She's a black woman. She was Islamic. She's married with children. And by all means, should not fit the mold of what would be the prototypical, in, especially in the UK, rugby player. And it was something that even as I was watching the, the documentary was like, I feel like as much as they're complaining about the issues, like this is coming from one cultural set and people can say that maybe in Europe they don't act the same way as we do in the US when it comes to racial divide and I'm gonna call BS on that considering that's where it all kind of started from but like it was it was a very very um one side uh white side of the rugby and I thought that whenever they brought Zineb in uh it was something that kind of provided a refreshing view because she mentioned that she doesn't look like of the players that she is playing with and that stands a lot to how you create the community and how that's accepted and so to have all these check marks on there was great to have her energy and her genuine love for the game of rugby was so great to be able to see and and witness and i think it was something that needed to be talked about just as much uh one last player that was talked about and this one was Ugo Monier, uh, who was kind of the self-pronounced male ally for this women's side. And I, I don't think they use him very well. Uh, I mean, they really used him simply just to spit out the point of how do you support women's rugby, which they were very uh, direct on, which is tweet, show where you to watch a game, and celebrate the moment, which is very simple. I think that we can all agree with that, that that's pretty helpful when it comes to being able to promote and push and, 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 and elevate the women's game. But I really did feel like he kind of fell into this like robotic phase of being like, yo, this is the liberal handbook for how to uh, support. And, 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 and I get it to the extent that 
some people make it so overcomplicated on how to support or make it such a big deal about supporting women's rugby that you need to have somebody who is very direct. Ugo Monier is an accomplished rugby player in his own right. So it made sense to utilize him. I just wish there was more of his involvement as opposed to just talking about um, being a support. Uh, but again, to the direction of the documentary, it, it makes sense as to how they placed him. My final thoughts on this was, this was a solid one. I was a little concerned that they didn't speak about the LGBTQ uh, plus side, um, considering that is a huge uh, component of women's rugby, whether it's the, from the players or from the perspective side, and how that affected the way that they are viewed, uh, from how women's rugby is viewed, because I do think that also plays very heavily into a lot of the disrespect that is given to women's rugby, and it's an annoying part of it. But for what it's worth, uh, they they did talk about, uh, again, all these other issues in women's rugby. I make the assumption that they didn't speak about the LGBTQ side, mainly because of the fact that it is such a stereotype for women's rugby. It, it almost seems like Victoria Rush was trying to like sidestep and avoid that, so to not, ironically, shuffle more feathers, ruffle more feathers than they probably could have and and not to create this overarching element that could overshadow these other components that also need help. But I, I did think that it was something important that needed to be talked about. Overall, I give the documentary a 7.5 out of 10. Um, again, I was well informed. I felt like I got to know the players a lot more. I really hope that I get a chance to interview Shauna Brown. And by hope, I mean I will interview Shauna Brown one of these days for the pod. Uh, and, and of course, all these other people. But really, I want Shauna Brown because she was, she was dope in this. Uh, you guys can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, definitely a good worth, uh, sitting down and taking a look and just, just enjoying what it has to offer. Just enjoying what it has to offer. In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Guys, please don't forget to go check out hbcrugbyclassic.com. Uh, we got tickets up for sale now. Uh, the game's coming up closer. You guys are going to be able to watch it. We're going to pronounce that soon enough. But, of course, it makes more of a deal to be in the stadium than just to spectate the stadium. But we really appreciate any support that you guys have for it. And, of course, please check out some of our other episodes. Uh, we have... Howard University uh, women's captain Takunda Rusiki. Uh, we have Naya Tapper, Blaine Scully. Uh, we have some great people, Chetta Amba. We got uh, Adam Hayward Gray, who is the actor for Play On. We've had some just amazing amazing people to talk to in the past uh, from low grassroots to professional uh, inside and outside of rugby just it, it, it inside and outside the field of rugby itself and and definitely worth taking a listen to all the way through but lastly all I just want you to know that I hope that you are happy I hope that you are healthy and most, most importantly, I hope that you know and remember and forever remember that you are highly favored. Until next time, y'all. <laughs>